So we'll look at First uh, Peter chapter three, and then we'll jump right over uh, to uh, to Matthew uh, five. I was in the middle of, of a number of different things that, that Peter's saying uh, in different relationships and how the gospel applies to relationships. And he's actually speaking to, uh, to husbands and wives, uh, but we're, we're especially going to focus on verses uh, three, 3 and 4. First uh, Peter chapter 3, uh, first six verses, hear the word of God. Likewise, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of the hair or the putting on of gold, jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious. This is how the holy women who, were, who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that's frightening. If you'll flip over uh, to Matthew, we see in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus' words to us, uh, Matthew 5, beginning in verse 27, he, uh, Jesus says, You've heard that it was said... You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out. Throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body Go into hell. Uh, the grass withers, flower fades. Scripture says the word of the Lord uh, endures uh, forever. And we pray that it would for us. Wanting beauty. That's what I want us to talk about tonight. Wanting uh, beauty. I think we can say that, that everyone is wanting beauty one way or another. Uh, but what I want to get you to think about as we approach this passage is what does it mean to be beautiful? What different standard? What things are involved in that? What does it mean to be beautiful, right? Because whatever is beautiful is, is admired, it's desired, it's loved, it's, it's valued in our, in our culture. It's uh, sought after and wanted and pursued. I think we deeply want to, to be beautiful uh, and to be found beautiful by others. So I want you to just, what, what does it mean to be beautiful? How do you, how do you consider that? So you think on that as we go through. And don't just think, all right, we're at RUF, this is like this Christian ministry, so what's the right answer for what I'm supposed to say, right? Uh, but think, how do you actually live? Of, of what, what are the right things, what are the wrong things, but just what's your perspective on, on what's beautiful? Maybe in some ways you can look at it and say, when do you find yourself to be beautiful? Um, or what do you think it takes for you to be beautiful? Maybe in other ways, uh, it's not just that we want to be beautiful, but we also want to enjoy what, it's, what is beautiful and experience that. What is it that you find beautiful? Um, why? What is it that you look for, uh, admire, uh, pursue, seek after? Again, not just the right answer, uh, but, but your answer. Right or wrong, whatever it all is, is your perspective. What does it mean to be beautiful? Uh, because where both lust and, uh, and modesty, where they get uh, mixed together and, and all uh, messed up, is in this sphere of, of beauty. 
what it means for things to be uh, beautiful. I think lust and modesty are closely intertwined on, on uh, most every uh, level. And, and sometimes this feels the other way. Uh, guys and girls both struggle with both sides of this issue. We're just going to look at that way and see how does Scripture speak on, uh, into this. Because uh, I think it's important for us, uh, especially because it, rather in some ways on this campus, you're like, really? We're going to talk about like lust and, and modesty? There's people hooking up every weekend and people sleeping together. There's serial monogamy is kind of the rainy thing. And that doesn't even like happen, right? Like, and we're talking about lust? Like, really? That's what, what kind of backward? Why are we even concerned way back there? Um, but I, I think this touches on even some of our most obvious, um, most personal, and sometimes most hidden failures, uh, whether that's things like pornography or body image issues or masturbation or eating disorders. Uh, and I think they're all wrapped up together in a lot of ways in lust and, and modesty. It brings it back into the desires that go into our actions and our characters. And all of them relate to the sphere of beauty. So we're looking at it that way. I think deeply within each one of us, we, we want to be beautiful. We want to be found beautiful by another. Um, and we want to find for ourselves uh, another's beauty to experience and to enjoy and to be a part of. So what does it mean to be uh, beautiful? And how do we deal with wanting beauty? We'll look at three different aspects. Here's the first aspect, internal beauty. Uh, internal, lasting uh, beauty. Uh, that this passage uh, in verse 4 even describes as, as imperishable. It's the kind of beauty that doesn't go bad. Um, doesn't, doesn't lessen uh, or, or go away. Uh, internal, lasting beauty. Now maybe it seems weird to talk like, why would we first talk about internal beauty? beauty. It's just the Christian thing to do. you got to talk about these things, right? Or Because uh, a lot of times that's not the first thing that we think about when we're thinking of, uh, of beauty. When you wake up in the morning, the first one of the first things you're thinking is, what am I going to wear today? Um, who am I going to see? Or when I'm going out tonight, what am, what am I going to wear? Who am I going to be around? What impression do I want to make? How do, how do I want people to see me? Um, uh, all, all, all these kind of things. Um, but the scripture emphasizes Internal beauty. You can see that in this passage, right? It's making this contrast between uh, external and internal adornments. The, uh, the braiding of the hair, the uh, clothes that we wear, jewelry, whatever. And it says it's making this contract between the, the external things that we use to adorn or emphasize our, our beauty and the, the internal aspects of it. Uh, and it's putting the emphasis on the internal uh, side of it. Tell us that the internal adornments are far more important. Um, now, I know, like, in some ways that just seems cheesy, right? Or it seems like the, yes, right, that's the spiritual answer. The, the uh, internal things are more important, and that's good, but, uh, but it doesn't really feel realistic, or it feels, it feels cheesy. It's like it's the, it's the consolation prize, right? Um, oh, but, uh, but he really, he's, really has, he's really beautiful on the inside, or she's really beautiful on the outside. Uh, and part of your mind when you hear that goes, so are you, are you saying they're ugly? Like... Right, like, like we go. Oh, that's the kind. If there's not these other things, at least there's this other thing. This, uh, if there's not this external beauty, well, maybe at least there's this internal beauty that might redeem that a little bit. Um, that's too often the way that we think it. We emphasize the external. Scripture is telling us uh, emphasize the the internal. There's more to it there. 
Um, and I know in some ways that just feels like the, the spiritual thing to say. Um, let me at least tell you, uh, um, God knows what he's talking about. He's made you. Um, give them a listen. Uh, this is actually giving you good advice. He's telling you more about yourself than sometimes I think we recognize. Um, let, let me put it this way. I'll put it in a, in a would you rather. This is, try to bring you into Because uh, I, I think this is realistic. I think in some ways this speaks uh, more exactly to who we are and what we want and what really matters to me. So here's a, here's a would you rather. This will be more addressed to the girls. Guys, you could turn around and, and uh, uh, do it differently to you. But, but girls, uh, which would you rather? One, you could have the, the absolute perfect tin body. Perfect figure, great smile, great eyes, hair, everything. Perfect, perfect tin uh, body, along with the nicest, most expensive clothing. You got shopping spree every day of the week. You can go fill up whatever you want, shoes, everything. Um, fancy jewelry, um, the works, right? Um, and you're you're so fine that every guy notices you. Every guy notices you. All the time. Uh, can't help but notice you, no matter how you're dressed, uh, to the point where you could get any guy that you wanted. Um, meaning you could get any guy that you wanted to do your homework uh, for you or tell you the answers to the quiz, much less take you out on a date or uh, help you find a job, take care of your car, or, or ask, you to marry, uh, ask you to marry them. Right? This, this is like just how funny. This is how people look at you. Uh, perfect 10 all the way around, but... There's always a but in the would you rather's, right? But um, no one looks beyond the exterior. No one knows who you are. Uh, No one understands you or gets you of what makes you tick, of what things you care about, of what matters to you. Uh, To such an extent where every kiss just makes you feel lonely, uh, makes you feel used or empty. So would you rather that, or would you rather have the uh, less than average body? So you got to like take average and then go like less than that. Um, you're not a knockout at all. Um, you know, uh, uh, no shopping sprees anymore. Whether you're wearing a, a hand-me-downs or um, I got a knock on Walmart. You may like Walmart clothes or like whatever different things. <laughs> no jewelry, nothing else to hand things. And, and listen, you're not catching a lot of glances. You're not can't, uh, catching almost any glances. Maybe you're. If you're uncomfortable while wearing a swimsuit or going to the gym or being in those kind of situations. But everyone thinks you're amazing. Everyone loves to be around you, uh, wants you to be there, thinks things are more fun when you're there. You matter to them. And you have a guy who tells you how wonderful you are at every moment. Um, And his compliments never feel fake. Uh, They never feel shallow. They feel well put and like, like he gets you. And they pour love uh, deep into your soul uh, towards contentment. And you know that he finds you beautiful all the time. Which would you rather? <laughs> I know, I know. Like both, right? Both of these things together, not those other butt parts in between. Um, listen, I just say that to say... To, 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 do you see how essential uh, internal beauty is to who we are, uh, to what matters to us? Um, that we'll, we'll never feel beautiful without someone seeing our inner uh, beauty. We need that admiration of who we, who we really are in order to feel loved, in order to feel uh, truly loved and valuable and cherished. 
I want you to notice about this passage, not only is it emphasizing the, the, the internal, more important than the external adornments. Um, here's one of the amazing things about this passage. It, it's written to married women, right? It's not written to college students like, oh, college students are putting too much, external, too much emphasis on the external and you know, uh, making, making things sexual from whatever. Um, it's written to married women. Married women with their husbands. Man, like, they can, uh, immodest dress is not a problem if you're, if you're married, um, right? You're married, you can get naked, have fun, like, it's, it's great. Um, buy the lingerie, wear it for your husband, whatever, like, that, that's awesome. Um, and still, in that context, it says what's more important. Uh, it's more important for a married, what's more important for a married woman even is, is the hidden person of the heart the way the pastor describes it. Not just what's more important for her. That's even what's more important for the relationship and for her husband. Um, is that, that he sees the, the inner person of her heart. Um, in, in other words, it's advising um, <clears throat> you, don't, you don't get a man just by the externals. You don't keep a man uh, by the externals, and it doesn't make the relationship go and help it work just by uh, emphasizing the outward looks. Um, it's, as she's showing her husband how, how, her, her inner character, how beautiful she is by showing him her heart, it's where that's thriving. Um, even more amazing than that, because it's not just any marriage relationship that it's talking about. Uh, it's talking about a marriage relationship where the husband is an unbeliever. Right? It, it's, uh, that they may be one uh, without a word. Uh, some who do not obey. The, but, so if you're married to an, to an unbeliever who's not embracing the gospel, how are they going to be, uh, what's going to be encouraging that relationship? Um, and, and it's speaking to this, uh, this internal beauty uh, side of it. It's, this is even what a non-Christian husband will find more beautiful. Not simply like, how hot's her body now? Uh, and, and what's she looking like now? What are the things she's doing? How's she presenting herself uh, to me? Is she going to the gym? You know, um, the beauty of your character and how you're treating him is what's going to make the absolute uh, biggest impact. Um, and, and what it says is, uh, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart uh, with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. This beauty that doesn't fade, that doesn't corrupt, that isn't, uh, <clears throat> doesn't ever go bad, this beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Now, I know you hear, like, gentle and quiet spirit, and you're like, hmm, I think I'm done with the Bible now. I don't, I don't know that I like what it says here. Uh, maybe, that, maybe find that offensive a little bit. What it's not saying, first, like here, it's not saying uh, shut up and do nothing. Right? Um, <laughs> It's not saying, uh, be quiet, don't say anything, um, and don't do anything. Just be gentle and don't, don't cause a problem. Um, the word behind gentleness in Scripture, used a lot of other times, used of Jesus, um, is, is even strength exercised in such a way of, of patience and kindness toward another. Um, uh, it, it's speaking of her character that's one that instead of causing problems and instead of fighting for, for her way, she's giving up her rights out of love. Uh, she may have the right right idea, the right perspective in the argument, the, the, know the better thing to do. And she says, but I'm going to value him uh, and I want him to see my love for him, my being with him. 
And that makes an impression. Um, <clears throat> quiet's not saying don't say anything, uh, but uh, put it this way, Karen and I have, have small children who we love, and they're incredible, um, but uh, especially when you're in the, that stage of light, you will learn that quiet, wow, can be so amazing. Um, not just in terms of, like, like quiet for Karen and I, this, this stage of our life is, wow, like, Peace, peacefulness. This is good. This is refreshing that we can be uh, in this kind of place. Um, and that, that's part of the perspective that this is, is, is bringing, that in this relationship, uh, the, this woman through her inner beauty is a, he, becomes a place of, of peacefulness, uh, that, that she allows her husband rest, that he finds rest in relationship uh, with her, uh, refreshment with her, in the, the inner beauty of it. This is how God sees beauty. This is how he encourages us to see beauty. He says that whether we realize it or not, that's what uh, matters for us. Guys, believe it or not, this is what you want. Uh, you know, like this is the kind of, you know, stage in life where you're going, oh, who are you going to match up with, how these things. This is what you want. You want someone who has uh, this type of character, this type of uh, inner beauty. A lot of times that's not what we strive for. Um, not our, our view of beauty. We have a lot to repent of. Uh, g- girls, believe it or not, this is, this is what you want. Um, I think there's a lot to, rep- to repent of on that side. It's not what we tend to, to focus on. Uh, so often, instead of that being the beauty uh, that we want, that being the beauty that, they, that we desire, it's this internal beauty is the beauty that we, that we lack uh, or the beauty that we would ignore. That instead we turn uh, in lust and immodesty uh, to external beauty. Right? We've seen first, uh, Scripture puts the emphasis on internal beauty as internal lasting beauty is imperishable. Uh, and so next I want us to look at external beauty. Um, in the realm of the passage, external fading beauty that it says is, is, is perishing by contrast. Before we get into uh, uh, some of the wrong emphasis on external uh, beauty, let me, let me help you out and say external beauty is not bad. Right? I think sometimes that's what we do. We go, oh, um, you can have this false view of modesty uh, where you're ashamed of your, that you have a body. Um, uh, girls, you can feel like you just need to wear the, the huge sweater so that no one even sees that your body has a shape or a figure. Um, uh, God gave women beauty that's, that's obvious. Um, scripture speaks about it that way sometimes. It speaks about, uh, uh, I think, Rachel back in Genesis. It says she was, um, she was beautiful in form and appearance. He's this later from other folks. Form and appearance. And otherwise, the, the outline uh, and all the things that fill it in. Right? Um, scripture just describes that, that's beauty. God, God made us uh, uh, with beauty. Made women sometimes with an obvious beauty. Um, uh, that you don't have to be ashamed of or pretend that, that isn't there. Um, the Bible's not ashamed of the body. It thinks of it as a, as a good thing. Um, uh, external beauty is a, is a good and a valuable thing. It's not the most valuable thing. Um, and our tendency is to trust in it. Uh, our tendency is to think that that's, it's from that that we're going to get love. It's through that that we're going to be satisfied. What we do is we make an idol out of that, or we make a god out of that, and call her Aphrodite and, and serve her, and all the things that she tells us to do in order to be beautiful and to find these things uh, from it. Tendencies to trust in it as an idol. Um, and Scripture's saying, and not that external beauty is bad, it, it's fading, it's perishing, it's not the most important and most valuable. 
Um, and it's as we look in that that what, as we have the accent on the external beauty that lust and immodesty get all uh, mixed, mixed up and make a big mess. Um, and all right, sometimes it gets talked about like as if as if things are one one sided, right? I want to say lust and modesty are is a is a mutual thing. Guys uh, and, and 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 girls both involved in it. Um, so you can say girls uh, guys lust and girls long to be lusted after, and that uh, girls lust and that guys long to be lusted after. Um, some of the statistics I was seeing doing some other research on this is. Um, uh, maybe different with what you're expecting. One of one out of three internet porn users are women. Uh, one, one out of three. Um, not to mention all the you know, romance novels and chick flicks and the lust that's going involved in it on that side of it. Um, guys are, I think, desperate to have the body that women want a lot of times. Uh, yeah, uh, I go play basketball, and I'm always over in Leech after that. And Leech is great. Go work out Leech. I'm not saying if you're at Leech, this is what you're doing, but there are people that spend an insane amount of time at Leech. Um, there are guys that spend an insane amount of time uh, in the weight room, uh, uh, there every day, wh- whatever it is, um, trying to sculpt out this body that's going to be better than, than every other guy so that the girls will be interested in them. Um, right? There's been times I've walked around campus and you just see someone and you're like, your body is not natural. Like That's not what a guy's body is supposed to look like. Um, but you can get so hyped over those steroids and multivitamin, this, that, or the other, and you're like, okay, I don't even know what this is anymore. You look <coughs> like the, um, I love Bond movies, uh, like you, you, just the difference of the male character when you go back to Sean Connery versus uh, Daniel Craig or whoever now, you're like, this is a very different just image of what the male body image is supposed to look like. And guys, I think increasingly we're concerned with the same kind of things of, oh, how do I look? Is my waist trim enough? Like all these things, right? My muscles, what, whatever. Um, that the guys are longing to be lusted after uh, as well. And, and let's not play the blame game here, right? Because I think that's what, that's what often happens when you come to this. Like I've heard, uh, like guys can blame it on girls. I've heard guys say, oh, this is just, if, uh, like what am I supposed to do? The girls are walking around campus wearing, wearing stuff like way too tight on their bodies with letters printed up along the backside, like how am I not supposed to notice that, uh, shirts that are cut, cleavage hanging out all, all over the place, I'm wondering if someone's going to fall, like, like, right, they're like, oh, it's the girls, you know what I'm saying, um, and, and there's this perspective of, oh, the girls are doing that, they're doing that to me, right, um, all right, shut up and take responsibility for yourself, um, you're, you're lusting after them. They're not causing you to, uh, to lust after them. And, and just by the way, guys, the girls could reply and go, um, well, why do you think women dress that way? Uh, because if, because if, if they just walk around dressed, uh, you know, she could say to you, if I walk around dressed modestly, um, not showing off my figure or anything, you don't notice me. Your eyes are ogling every other woman that walks by, and I don't even get, get noticed by you. Um, right? There's like this, this cycle that we're perpetuating and creating for, for one another as we do this. So let's not like place the, place the blame one side or the other. Let's take responsibility of how we, how we look at things. Um, take, the, take the concept of, of modesty, what you're wearing, why you're wearing it. Um, I know there's so much said in like Christian circles of legalistic rules about what this looks like. Karen and I talk about it. We have no, like, I have no clue how to give you like clear guidelines on anything. I mean, definitely, you know, uh, if your skirt is more than three inches above your ankle, <laughs> then it, it is your fault. I just don't know what you're, what you're aiming at when you're doing that. Um, 
Like, so I, I know that's hard. Let's think about it this way. Um, clothing is communication. Right? Like you've got your style. Your, your style says something about you. Um, what you what you wear says something about you, and I'm not saying there's not a lot of miscommunication. There's a lot of miscommunication, um, but but think about why you're wearing what you're wearing, and think about what does what you're wearing say, um, and are you saying what you intend to be saying? Um, and we're we're responsible for different sides of that interpretation, right? Um, uh, but what are you communicating? What, what does it say? Does it say focus on my external beauty? Hey, look at me. I've got this external beauty. It's what you want. It's what you want to find. Uh, here I am. Come talk to me. Um, relationship based on that's not, not going to go well. Um, to take the aspect of lust, uh, what are you looking at? Why are you, why are you looking at it? Right? Is it really such a big deal, right? Uh, there's, there's other people on the, on the campus. They're like sleeping around, all this stuff, and you're talking to us about, about lust. Is that really such a big deal? I read, that's why I read Matthew 5. Um, apparently, did Jesus says, yes. Um, right? He says, but I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with a lustful uh, intent, apparently speaking to men here, uh, everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Already committed adultery with her. Um, so uh, we're, we're all adulterers. Uh, ladies, you are too, whether lusting or encouraging uh, lust. Uh, we're, we're, he's, he's saying this is part of the whole sin of adultery. Even as it's there in the desire, it's the desire that's, that's the same part as the other. Um, uh, I think this is the easiest, uh, maybe one of the easiest passages to see that you deserve hell. At least the way the Bible speaks of it, right? Um, if your right eye causes you sin, uh, you know, tear it out, throw it away, for it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. He's saying that in the desire of the heart, uh, lusting after someone uh, is deserving of hell. That's where, that's where it leads. That's where it ends up. That's what's uh, deserved from it. Um, so I can look around and say, you don't even take this passage seriously. Because um, I don't see, like, all of you have your eyes and your, your hands are still there. You haven't... Pluck them, pluck them out yet, um, uh, right? Uh, yeah, lest you go home and then uh, gouge out your eyes. Um, yeah, church history can tell you the stories of, uh, of men who castrated themselves only to find out that they still struggled in the same thing. <clears throat> they weren't free from it. Um, sin, sin's not just external in those things. It's deeper than that. Uh, it's, it's in the heart. Ma- uh, Jesus in uh, Matthew 15, Mark 7, draws this out more. He says, it's out of the heart that all these evil things come. It's out of the heart specifically, he says, that sexual morality comes. Um, that uh, <clears throat> your reason that you're, that you're lusting is because your heart uh, has that desire uh, in it. Uh, but I can still say you don't uh, take it seriously. Far few people have porn blockers on their computer or are unwilling to even talk about it with other people and, and, and deal with it and get, get help uh, along this line. Uh, but external beauty, where does our focus on external beauty uh, get us? Um, does it work? Because we spend a lot, of, a lot of time focused on external beauty. So um, this may feel a little bit over the top, but, uh, but still, I want, just want to expose that idol. Because it, it's an idol that, uh, um, that promises a lot of things, uh, and it ends up cursing you. Uh, because it's not able to secure any of those things that it's promised. Love doesn't, doesn't come through that. Uh, how, how does the focus on external beauty uh, work out? Um, sure, take masturbation. How do you feel at the end of it? How's that go? Was it good? Were you satisfied? Uh, do you feel do you feel loved? 
Um, was it was it what you wanted? Everything that you wanted. And when you got sucked into the uh, binge of porn and the internet, or whatever, how was it? Was it hot enough for you? Did you get to see everything that you wanted to see, and it just was amazing. And now you're just man, that was great, uh, right? You, you finally saw everything that you wanted. You don't ever get there. I love how quiet you are. Uh, when you when you've sat around all day or just hanging out in the green, having a good time, but you're lusting after all the skinnily clad women on campus, uh, where does that leave you at the end of the day? Not a, not a lot to go with when you're sitting there by yourself. Um, if you do hook up, how do you how do you feel afterwards? Um, what's that feeling of like awkwardness uh, come in? Uh, or wanting to run away, or wanting to hide things, uh, when you know that you don't love him or don't love her. Or, or how about all the hours at the gym, uh, the diet pills, the uh, the muscle building supplements? Uh, does anyone really like think I have the body that I want now? I, I have arrived. I have the perfectly chiseled or perfectly formed uh, formed figure, uh, just what I want. And, and and does that get you what you want? Um. But another side of it, after puking up to your last meal in the bathroom, you feel beautiful. Um, or, or when you're eating almost nothing, was, was that constant hunger p- uh, pang prove? Uh, does, it, does it prove that you're attractive enough? Or do you always feel the need for something more? Does it prove that you're committed enough? Uh, or do you feel like you can't get there? It's not enough. Or, or just to put it this way, when you look in the mirror... What's it tell you? I mirror, mirror on the wall. Um, am I good enough? There's always, always some other thing being told. There's just downward uh, spirals. We focus on external beauty uh, that, that we just begin lusting for it more and more and more, and it never satisfies. It never satisfies. It never satisfies. Uh, external beauty is perishing. It's fading. Uh, the idolatry of trusting that can't uh, can't secure what it promises is perishable, uh, more than just kind of fading with with old age, which is which is true. But but even just a relationship built on that, where's it where's it going to go? I remember uh, <laughs> I just thought it was a great kind. This was years ago uh, by uh, Jay Leno on the Tonight Show um, when uh, um, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston had just broken up. Right? That was like the the news for the day. We're watching that, and uh, Jay Leno is like, wow. All right, we might as well just all give up now. Listen, if, if those two, right, if, if they get tired of, of one another, if they don't stay attractive for one another, if they're in bed with one another, they get tired of sleeping together, then what hope is there for the rest of us, right? It's like two of the most attractive people in the world. Um, what's it going to get for the rest of us? Um, listen, if we're just building it all on that external, there's not a lot of hope there. Um, it's perishing. It's fading. Um, if we're trusting that beauty, I will be taken away. It's, it's uh, trusting that it's even, even condemned. I'll, I'll put it this way, though. The, the worst part is that our focus on external beauty shows something about our inner character. That's the part that hurts. Um, our focus on the external uh, begins to show our internal hidden ugliness that we don't want anyone to see because not everything about us is beautiful. We know that. Some of it's horribly, shamefully ugly. Um, out of the heart is where all those wrong behaviors come from. So, so we prefer to focus on the external because the external feels like something that we can control. 
Control what's seen by. Control how it's uh, how it's presented. Um, what do we do if someone sees who we really are? Sees the internal. Um, all right, but that's the beauty of the gospel uh, to us. Uh, that we look on the outward appearance. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God sees to the heart. Uh, sees internally who we really are, with all the baggage, all the pain. All the ugliness, all the evil in the heart. And what does he do with what he sees? But he reaches out to us in love uh, to make us beautiful and to draw us into his love. Um, So we move from internal lasting beauty, uh, external fading beauty, uh, to a resurrection perfect beauty uh, in the gospel. Uh, in Christ, uh, that Jesus gave himself up for the church, uh, for his bride, in order to make her beautiful. That's how Ephesians uh, talks about uh, this. Listen, so, that, that's like our fear that someone would see the, the inner ugliness there. So, someone has seen your ugliness and still found you beautiful, and found you desirable, and wanted to pursue you and give themselves out uh, for you to draw you in uh, to even perfect love. Um, that God is concerned to make us beautiful from the inside out, even by the cost of the blood of His Son. And look at the way Romans five uh, says it. it. He knows that internal ugliness is there. While we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the beautiful people, for the lovely ones. Christ died for the ungodly. Almost scarcely die for a righteous person. Maybe uh, perhaps a good person. Someone would even dare to to die. But God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still rebelling against him, throwing everything in his face. There's no gentle and quiet spirit there, right? While while it's ugly, uh, fighting, running away, wanting to throw mud at him. He comes to us in love cherishing, valuing, actually giving up himself. Jesus giving up his own life, uh, experiencing the pain of what we deserve so that we can be his. Um, so that we get to, be, get to walk uh, in freedom and love uh, and forgiveness. Um, his love overwhelming the shame that we want to hide, drawing us into his love. Um, God's concerned to make us beautiful from the inside out. 1 Corinthians 5, 17 uh, describes uh, Christian believers this way. As a new creation. Uh, If anyone is in Christ Jesus, new creation. This is a new, beautiful thing that God has created. Right? Other other generation, the new new mind, a new will, a new heart that God places within us, out of which begins to flow good things. Uh, beautiful things by the power of the Spirit uh, at work in us. Right? This, is, this is the ultimate makeover. The things that you would have to go through the makeover to be beautiful. This is the ultimate makeover that God creates making us beautiful from the inside out. Um, and eventually we have that hope of eternal uh, perfection with Christ in glory. Um, body raised with Christ incorruptible. It's not that the external is all put, put away, right? The, um, the new creation, there's a new heaven and a new earth. There's new bodies as we're raised uh, with Christ. Gazing upon Christ's uh, perfect beauty and being loved by him. And even made like him in his beauty. First John uh, 3, printed down there, says, Beloved, we're God's children now. He, he's, he's doing this thing in us, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. 
Um, everyone is wanting beauty. Everyone is wanting beauty. And Scripture exposes how much we don't have it on our own. How much it's not just that we're wanting it, we're wanting it because we're, we're lacking it. Because we don't have it. Because we can't get it on our own. Uh, but the Gospel also offers us the fullness of beauty that we long for. Uh, of one who is beautiful loving us and making us beautiful and then we get to share in that. It transforms the way we look at everything, the way we look at one another. It transforms lust, transforms by modesty, it transforms what we find beautiful. Because uh, the beauty that we're wanting, uh, God shows in His Son and draws us into His love.